I was thinking we should probably do another drunk Batman episode soon. He he, he comes back. He just used Nichols because he went all the way to California to go to Nichols City in like San Jose. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, it's the biggest rip ever. Like they said, it's gonna be all Nichols, all Nichols for all entertainment. You know what I mean? Like. I expected to, like, put money into, like, reuse butt crack, and next thing you know, like, I'd be playing Street Fighter all day long on a nickel. <laughs> Not the case, nickel of a game, but still, I was there for two weeks. Like, what were you for the remaining, like, four months and three weeks after that? Like, what? Yeah. Which, 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 oh, shit! <laughs> Is that calendar fucking accurate? Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Oh goddamn! Well, yeah, shit. Wait, wait, shows okay. what happens. Robin, your, your guess is as good as mine. Then uh... shows what happens when I stop by an alien resurrection machine. Goddamn! Yeah, uh, when Martian Manhunter, you know, tells you to get in his, you know, space Ferrari and hands you a beer. Well, shit. I mean, who says no to that, Robin? Come on, honestly. I mean, I, I, where it went from there, I don't know. But um, I guess it explains why I'm wearing the same thing. outfit. <laughs> Space Ferrari he hands you a beer, <laughs> or just even like the thing like says like, is that what happened? Well, no, but I'm <laughs> just saying I, I was living in the rafters of Nickel City for like, like a couple months. Apparently, I thought it was just two weeks, but uh, whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I was licking this toad off the carpet. Well, it, it, before I'm gonna stop you right here. I know that that sounds weird. Like, why are you licking toads off the carpets in San Jose? But um. I, I believe there was a reason for that. That, that part that escapes me. <laughs> I know I'm a man of science, but still. Still. You gotta have just that much whimsy. You get that whimsy by licking toads. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's just that, that thing, you know? It's like when you're bored on a Tuesday and it's, you know, 11 a.m. <laughs> it's just later <laughs> in the episode, you see a ribbit like, Oh, fuck, it found me! It's licking me now! Oh, oh, Robin! You see, like a toad in the back. I, I, I licked so many toads in Nickel City. Now the toads can lick me and get high. <laughs> they all come. He's just like, oh my god, there's fucking toads everywhere. <laughs> They're trying to get into the fucking like building. It's just board up the windows. Board up the windows. <laughs> They're coming in. Oh god, how many toads did you lick? Obviously not enough, Robin. Obviously not enough. <laughs> We just gotta look him back. Like this is the weirdest fucking thing ever. <laughs> That's where the episode just. You ends think this roughly. is weird? I mean, come on. Remember, like you know, when Martian Manhunter hands you a beer and tells you to get a space for it. You already hour. fucking said that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that'd be funnier the second time around. <laughs> no, but that, uh, that 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 should be it. But you know, that's also like a good way to start a 500th episode. What do you say? Oh, we are actually recording that. <laughs> well, why not? Why not? Okay. okay. <laughs> Why not? We, we haven't had one of those fun like little intros, and I feel like it's 500 episodes. Who else out there has 500 fucking episodes? What? Like, yeah, like Joe Rogan? Not even, I think Chris Jericho has fucking 500 episodes. Shit, Kevin Smith can't even get the 500 episodes because he keeps switching his podcasts. <laughs> if he didn't do so many good, I mean, he's done like 2,000 plus episodes, but, you know, consecutively in one show's run. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, well... Plus, at the same time, not not to like open up five hundred on complain about other podcasts. Yeah. I'll say I, 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 I like I like Smodcasts more when it's like Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. I mean, he's a good interviewer and all that. Oh yeah. But I prefer it when it's him and Scott Mosier. That, that's what I prefer. Smodcast. 
has, really. Well, well, I think that's kind of it. I think the second that Scott traveled to Europe, it was just like, you know, they just never got enough episodes in. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, once in a blue moon, they'll get one in, and then it is magical again, but the, the magic's kind of missed there, you know? Uh, speaking of magic, we're actually talking about magic movie tickets and all that, because we are uh, covering the the scripts, the original, original scripts for uh, Last Action Hero. Yeah, we decided, we're like, you know what? We need kind of like, what be something, you know, beyond just like a movie, beyond just like a comic or something like that. It's like, well, let's go with kind of like another kind of what if could have happened script, you know, the original draft. And it's like that last action hero one, like I kind of heard about like in this, like sort of the older special features. They talked about, they're like, oh yeah, the script was actually like way different. And I was like, hmm, it's got, got, got to look that up then. I mean, the script's way different. And so I'm kind of interested. And realistically, I think actually like right now, there actually is a new version of last action hero that came out on 4k that does have an alternative ending. Like, I, I don't know what's in it, but it does have different footage. that's never been on any of the Blu-rays or DVDs in the past. I doubt it's not this. Yeah, I, 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 doubt, I doubt it's not <laughs> this. After reading it, <laughs> but uh, going into this is the last action hero. This is the script from 1991 by Zach Penn and Adam Liff. You know, and this is almost like the before Arnold was assigned to it script, like that take. You could you could definitely tell that they had Arnold in mind. I mean, the original like the character isn't isn't Jack Slater. It's Arno Slater. So you could obviously see who they had in mind, but they probably just had that just in case. Like, first off, like, okay, if we make it so they can't imagine anybody but Arnold, they'll really go out of their way to get Arnold. And on top of that, maybe if, like, you know, we can make it Jean-Claude Van Damme or someone else if we have to, just change a few in-jokes around. But um, reading it, I'll, first off, just on Last Action Hero in the first place, I'll say this. I actually had to rewatch the movie before reading the script mm-hmm. because it's one of those movies. I do like the movie. It is a good movie. And I remember it being one of the first PG-13 movies I saw in theaters as a kid. And um, But it's one of those movies that I, I really like it, but it, I probably check it out like once every 10 years or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my immediately go-to comfort food when it comes to Arnold movies. That's more like True Lies Terminator 1, Terminator 2, I know those are very, like, basic bitch <laughs> selections right there for the last two, at least, but um, it's one of those things where I real I just, it's just not a movie I've watched a whole lot, so it kind of refreshed my memory of it, I rewatched it, and I forgot that movie's over two hours, it's two hours and 11 minutes, Yeah, which kind which kind of makes sense, because they're inside the movie, and where that movie ends picks up in real life, so it makes sense that it goes on a little longer like that. Yeah. Um... So reading this, I was like, okay, okay. And without jumping too far ahead. I was going to say, before you even go in there, I guess I'll throw my, since we're going up to the last action hero. Because my thing is, like, last action hero, that's the movie that got me into Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember, like, I didn't get to see it when it came out in theaters. Even though 1993 is such a magical year for, you know, you get, not only you get last action hero, you get Jurassic Park, you get Super Mario Brothers, you get a lot of good stuff that year. But, um... That was the movie, I remember when it came out on Laserdisc, I had a buddy who had one of those, and watching it over there, and this just kind of like sold me into like the magic of Arnold, you know, the soundtrack was killer, it had ACDC and Megadeth, and you know, uh, Alice in Chains, and Fishbone, there, there's so much stuff going on in there, Tesla, Buckethead, I mean, you you go on for days, it's got like the best Anthrax song ever, um, so much great stuff there, kind of put me into that like, 
the Arnold Schwarzenegger like fandom of like, oh man, I got to see everything this guy does. And uh, to this day and age, though, I will say this: Last Action Hero is just about probably in my like top two favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I'm, I'm really tossing back and forth between that and Total Recall. I like it that much. Yeah, no, I, I get why people say that. It, it's one of those things at the time, people hated it. But I think that that was also, a lot of people didn't really care for a lot of action movies at the time. Like Maybe they sold to the box office, but a lot of people didn't really give a shit for like these one-liners, shoot em up kind of action movies. And this movie is not only that, but it's also a love letter at the same time kind of jabbing those. And I'm not sure if I realized that immediately as a kid. I realized, okay, the kid... Because going to see the movie, because my dad took me to the movie. And um, it's time to be a man. So we went to go see that. And it was... Uh, You're trying to force-feed me a beer out in the hall? <laughs> yeah. Your mom's not here. <laughs> Drink up. Here. Finish this pack of cigarettes before we get in there, too. Your well, balls will drop well, by the time to get to the theater. I'm smoking right now, too, so you got to finish the cigarettes for me. <laughs> And uh, on the way home, that uh, six-pack of beer ain't going to finish itself, so have at it. <laughs> I'll say going into the movie, I didn't realize it was going to have this whole kid angle thing. Maybe he didn't know that either because he didn't like the movie. But I was like, oh, there's a kid in the movie. I, just knew, I knew who Arnold Schwarzenegger was. Like, oh, Terminator and Kindergarten Cop. Cool. And uh, going to see the movie, it's like, oh, it's a kid. Watch the movie. Oh, the kid goes into the movie and then, like, okay, so there's the rules. Like, he can't die because he's a good guy. He's in the movie. Like, okay, all right, that makes sense. But then there's the part that, like, there's all the little in-jokes that I didn't get at the time because I didn't see enough movies. So now knowing that and then seeing this script. And I, I can say this script, reading it, at the beginning I was just kind of like, I just got done watching the movie. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of like, all right, all right, all right, just reading through, reading through. This is a little darker. That's a little bit more bleaker or whatever, but... It's still ultimately, like, it feels like the first two-thirds of the scripts feel kind of like if you came to two different writers with the same concepts, they'd probably come out something kind of similar. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like the beginning feels like, okay, this feels like a rewrite. This, this ultimately mostly feels like the same movie. Characters are a little different. Some characters have been swapped around. Mm -hmm. But it feels mostly like the same thing. When you get to the third act, though, that's like, oh shit, this changed drastically. This I mean, went like I would almost even say Terry Gilliam. The second act, it really starts to you know swap positions, like because the first part, like in the script and so on. Actually, really, before we even go any farther on there, I want to say like you know because when Last Action Hero just came out, like the the Arnold one and so on, like that, you know, and I think the the major issue with it more than anything else was it came out two weeks after Jurassic Park. N nobody's gonna survive that, but. I think there was, like, this is something I didn't think about at the time, because I think that movie was made for us. We were the complete target audience of it. We're like, hey, you're, you're the kid who likes action movies, and maybe we might have been just slightly young, but we were growing up into that person right there. You watch all this. But I think there was that kind of fan that was, like, say, like, 30 years old or something, and they've been watching Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff since, like, the 70s. I think some of those fans also felt kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then they got that defensive thing, like, you're making fun of the shit that I love? Like, this is what I live for is action movies. And you're going to tell me this it's goofy and funny and you're going to make in-jokes? And I think they started taking that, you know, like that kind of offense that sometimes people do when, like, they see mm -hmm. like what they love and all of a sudden they're throwing kind of, like, jokes in there. And it's more like, no, no, no. It's more like in-jokes because we've watched so many action movies. That's what we can kind of point out. But I think some people looked at it like, like it was a kung fu hustle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. Well, 
on top of that, I think that it's now you kind of know people who are like the film. How do I put this? Well, the people like, that there's conversation kind of like there, they're, they're in the they're sort of like in the know, and I think. I think there was a lot of mom, pop, and Oklahomas that, like, I don't get it. Like, what's all this movie yeah. lingo? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I feel like that now you could probably get away with... I mean, movies like this have come out. Not just, oh, I'm going to pull you into this movie. But the movies that embrace the genre, but poke fun at the genre at the same time, those come out all the time now. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those movies that was really early to it. So I think a lot of people really weren't privy to that. And I think a lot of people that, like... Knew about. I don't think there was a lot of genre fans in like in critics for like that kind of thing. People weren't nostalgic for like oh good old fashioned you know dudes in leather jackets with guns taking out drug dealers and all that. They they weren't into that just yet. You know what I mean? Well, they, they, maybe mm-hmm. maybe movies did good. Maybe they were the good ones people really liked, but they weren't these things that like there wasn't the sense of nostalgia for that yet. So when you make a movie that's all about kind of like pointing out the same things and making a little fun of it, I think people who were, like you said, were fans, like, what the fuck? That's my jam. Why are you making fun of the very... Shane, Shane Black, why are you turning on us? Why, you gave us so many things. Why are you doing this now? You know? And then you also have people like, I don't fucking get it. It's stupid. Yeah, well, because I think it was like, it was the Spinal Tap thing. Because it's like when there's like some heavy metal people that were like sitting in the theater like going like... No! No, like you—they're t- making fun of us, guys. Look at that—that's how I dress. They're like, yeah, it's kind of funny, is it? Don't you fucking call it funny? Don't you ever say it's funny? So I was like, dude, dude, calm down, man. Like, it, it's like that time we got lost backstage. That wasn't fucking funny. Do I, do I look fucking? Am I a fucking clown right now? Well, you're, you're kind of dressed like a clown, I man. I really don't want to point it out, but you got the makeup while we're at the theater. <laughs> I, I feel like there was that kind of like thing where people just started freaking out and so on. But I think it's kind of funny because it's like, and then it's also, I think, once again, the Jurassic Park thing. Cause whenever a movie just doesn't make the amount of money that it says it's going to make, people go, oh, it must suck then, right? Uh, no, it just didn't make as much money. Oh, it's because it sucks. That's why it didn't make as much money. Well, it still made like almost like $200 million. Well, that's obviously not good enough. <laughs> well, now it's also a movie that's reached cult status because after you wait... I guess people didn't have the the hindsight of, like, longevity and fandom building up and, mm-hmm. you know, home video and streaming didn't take all that kind of thing into account. So now it's a lot easier for something like that to stand, like, you know, stand the test of time years later. So, um... Because, like, just to end this, my, one of my favorite things, though, is I remember, like, in Muscle and Fitness, which is always, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, pretty much, when it comes down to Arnold, obviously the Muscle magazines are always going to be, like, the top places for any of his kind of information stuff. I loved how, like, and this was almost, almost maybe about ten years ago by now, but I remember just flipping through, and they're like, you know, it seems like every year or so there's that kind of, like, hey, the Arnold Schwarzenegger top ten countdown. It's probably always a good way to sell the magazine at, like, the news stands and so on and i remember looking through the list and going oh shit last action hero is number three on here now and it was one of those moments where it's like oh have the tides i mean dude like i want to say that like it outbeat like the big ones like it outbeat predator it outbeat like uh commando it outbeat like um at least one of the Terminators. Probably Terminator 2, I would say, was probably in, like, that one or two. And sometimes, because it's muscle and fitness, Stay Hungry lots of times has a lot higher slot than other things. But maybe Predator was up there, I'm not too sure. But just the idea of saying that, like, when I saw that, it's just, like, the Arnold fans have finally, like, turned around where this movie is now, like, 
like one of the top tier Schwarzenegger films, you know. And I think that's just I think that's the generation gap difference almost, you know. What if in fifteen years it's Killing Gunther? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why do you guys like the movie? Well, because we like because Arnold's only in it for ten minutes. That that seems to make it more magical. Oh, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, you fucking fucking Generation Z thinking they can come talk all they want. Why do you guys sound like you've been smoking cigarettes? Well, we're watching a bunch of Martin Scorsese movies. Sorry. <laughs> You know how it rubs off. You have a Martin Scorsese marathon, and the next thing you know, you start talking like this. And then you're like, I need to get a delicatessen. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, yeah, no, this is one of those movies, like, like a lot of other movies we've covered on the show, it did kind of stand the test of time. And maybe not everyone loves it, but people our generation who grew up with it really liked it. And knowing more i think movies like this kind of helped inspire things like you know hot fuzz Shaun of the dead that kind of like or let's Forbid, critique Forbidden kingdom because that's like literally um it's not as popular of a movie but that's literally Forbidden last action kingdom, hero yeah. for kung fu movies and really the, the biggest one that actually is like the most successful kind of like in a sense slight knockoff of last action hero that's not saying a bad thing but like kind of takes like this style and runs with it is ready player one I was about to say, yeah, something kind of like, yeah. Just to, and I don't want to, I don't want to hold us back too long, but I do want to say something about Forbidden Kingdom because going into that, I did not know that was going to be a a um, a last action hero type of situation. I saw the poster and I saw Jet Li <laughs> and Jackie Chan, and it said Forbidden Kingdom. I was like, what the fuck? And then I saw like one or two ads. And all I saw was them fighting other people. I didn't see the kid anywhere. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And then, like, going to see that movie just all amped. And then, like, who the fuck's this kid? You know? so <laughs> and then, like, the director stand there and the figure's like, Ryan, it's you. No! <laughs> so then I just kind of, like, sat there, kind of slouched with my arms crossed. I just want Jet Li and Jackie Chan. Who are these fucking assholes getting that? But now knowing what that Ryan, movie is... where were you at before this? Well, I was at the pawn shop buying Kung Fu flicks. He just points at the screen. Where's he at? <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy behind the... The guy at the pawn shop, run the pawn shop, wasn't Jackie Chan. But, you know. It's one of those things, though. Like, I was just sitting there like... Mm, you know, like... And I, was, I wasn't, like, super young at the time. I was, like, early college or something. Or right out of high school. So... I was, but I, this, I was just sitting there, just kind of like, I just want Jackie Chan and Jet Li, and at, at time, I'm like, okay, that movie's not so bad, but I haven't seen it since that day in theaters. But just thinking back on it, so that'd be a good retrospect at some point in time, just because. Yeah, I've always I wanted probably, to do that one. Because in, in retrospect, knowing what it is, I might enjoy it a, a bit more. So maybe down the line, that's a movie we could definitely do. But, yeah, this definitely, I I could say something like this inspired that. Not because, oh, look, we got two legends on the same screen. It's a kid who loves kung fu movies. He gets sucked into, like, a kung fu movie, more or less. So Yeah, well, it's kind of weird, because my thing about that, when I went to see that movie, it was a double feature with um, The Forbidden Kingdom and Tropic Thunder. And shit, Tropic Thunder, even though it's not about anybody getting sucked into a movie, but that's, like, one of those, like, behind-the-scenes, like, you're in the know of making action movies and so on. Like, I, I never even thought about that, but that movie's kind of in the sort of the last action hero kind of, like, sort of vibe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying, it, obviously, it's not like getting sucked into a Vietnam, but. Well, I know, I have friends that, <laughs> it sounds like. sounds like a terrible movie. A kid that's just getting sucked. He's watching a Vietnam documentary. <laughs> 
<laughs> he gets sucked into Platoon. <laughs> No, like, no, whoa, Platoon is my not favorite. A movie. If it's not a movie, so it doesn't go by movie logic anymore. He's just sucked into the real thing. He's just this like twelve-year-old boy. They're like, "Well, you're here. Take this M16." <laughs> Charlie like, takes the gun from Charlie Sheen apart. No dance. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> no, um, um, yeah, no, that right there. I didn't even think about Tropic Thunder, but that's a good point. That is kind of like, and I even going back to people getting offended when you like fuck with their genre. Um, granted, keep in mind we um, for a while I, I lived in Sonora, and there it is like more like I don't want to. It's not strictly you know a county thing, but there is a lot more red votes there. So I remember people in the that area. Not everybody. There's a lot of people that enjoyed that movie more so than not. But there are definitely people who got pissed off at the movie. Like, they're making fun of Vietnam movies. Do you realize how many Americans died in Vietnam? Like, yeah, but it's making fun of movies about well, It's Viet- funny because I remember seeing... Because I saw that movie in San Francisco, and there was literally nobody else there but me and Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was one of those ones that just, like, we literally had the... We, we could run around the theater all day long. And there was just... No, like, that premiere had... Like, it's obviously nobody there cared about that kind of movie. I happened to be actually happened to be in Oregon when that movie came out, and the theater was packed. But like, when I was back in home, I was telling people about like Tropic Thunder, and then like a few friends to go see. Like, oh yeah, it was really good. And there was like the one really hard start, like staunch, like um staunch conservative friend. Like, no, it was making fun of you. Were you you realize how many? Pe- yeah, I do. I know how many fucking people died in fucking Vietnam. It's not the point. The movie was funny. Well, it's obviously point. you didn't get the point because what the movie is, it's kind of like a joke on the making of like Apocalypse Now. Like, so it's like you got to be really into movies to understand like what that movie kind of is because that movie was like the nightmare shoot of all nightmare shoots. It took four fucking years. I mean, I love Apocalypse Now. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Shit, I love it so much that I made a Pizza Boys issue that was literally Apocalypse Now but laser tag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how much I love that movie. So you know, it's like one of those ones. Like I think people like sometimes just don't get that. Like you know, they're, they're just looking for things to hate. But um, that has nothing to do with Last Action Hero. That part, you know, just just getting sucked into it. Though, um, I guess the effect Last Action Hero had. But yeah, um, it is interesting though reading reading the script though and kind of seeing like how the original script. If if you think the uh, one the movie we got was a hard sell, the original script. Well, this original script, I kid you not, it, it feels like if Danny himself fucking wrote the script. <laughs> like, like this is one of those movies, like, these guys must have been, like, 17 years old, like, when they put this out. Like, and I'm not saying that's, like, necessarily a bad thing, but this feels like you and your buddies at the fucking tail end of high school sitting around watching a bunch of VHS copies of, like, Lethal Weapon and 48 Hours and Schwarzenegger and Stallone flicks and going, like, dude, you know what, man, like think about it think about it. what if you got sucked into the movie like that's how it sort of feels because so many of these shots i mean just the very beginning it starts off and it's supposed to be like the arno slater trailer which is kind of a little bit different interesting way it goes about it like instead of doing it where it's like the jack slater three they're watching at the beginning instead this is like hey here's this new movie coming out here's this trailer and they're watching it and it's just totally one of those ones like he's going around a mall just blasting it up there's like hot chicks everywhere and so on you know they're blowing up glass and explosives i mean arnold's sliding down like the escalator like it just has all these like almost like it sounds like john woo like action scenes in the beginning that's what i almost i picture this movie like which were popular at the time yeah well well, this time period would have been like john woo because you were so into action movies that you went to china because he hasn't done any american flicks yet 
you know, and that's almost like the feeling this one sort of has. I picture like, what if Last Action Hero was directed by John Woo? That's that's what this script kind of reminds me of. <laughs> and uh, before we go too far into spoiler stuff, I do want to say, because um, earlier you said you think about halfway, it, the script kind of changes. I, I think what I meant to say kind of changes is like when um when it starts off and you say this is the early draft of the script. It kind of seems like, you know what, yeah, there's some different characters here, but similar situations, Mm -hmm. and it's doing the same type of humor and the same type of characters that are involved. Like, instead of, um, instead of, like, uh... Uh, Benedict, we have the two twins. Well, there. I feel in, the, the, of, this guy comes way later, but the, the doctor, uh, or not doctor, um, what's his name? Doctor ID. Doctor ID. ID. That guy, I think, is supposed to be the Benedict character, technically. That could be the Benedict character. I guess it's one of those things because those guys, I, what I think is interesting about, just going back to the, the movie we got, what I think is interesting about Benedict is he is the, the hitman, right hand man character who thinks the boss is an idiot and he's smarter and more capable than the boss. So the hitman character, the second, the, the right hand man character becomes the villain. Mm-hmm. And I think that itself is an interesting concept because he's very Hans gruber And it's like, what if Hans Gruber was the right hand man? He would be, he'd be saying, no dude, you're fucking up. Let me, let me tell, show you how it's really done. So that, that's what I think is kind of interesting about that. No, about I, the, I, the I love the Benedict villain. I think that's actually also one of the strongest parts of, of last Action is like, they got, because I, I think as a kid, you kind of always look, he's like, oh, he's just, you know, a, a sophisticated old man. But, like, the the older I get, the more I look, I'm like, I just, the lines and the part when he realizes when he gets to the real world, like, oh, shit, the hero doesn't always just come after you. I can just kill people. Like, I just love that part where he's like, I've shot somebody and I want to confess. Hey, buddy, shut the fuck up down there. <laughs> yeah. Like that part. Like, he shoots somebody and the, the cops just aren't coming. He's, like, checking his watch. He's looking around. Fires a few more times. Nothing's happening. He's just kind of looking around. Like, I, 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 lo- I love... That's, like, one of my favorite parts in that entire movie. And so I think that... So, you know, I think but the characterization and those kind of things, like, situations are different. But I feel like if you went to this team and you went to um, Sean Black and you said, make a movie with this concept... It's like, okay, I can kind of see how this is an early draft. I can see how this thing got moved around, that thing got moved around, whatever. And I think that lasts for, like, probably the first two-thirds of the movie. But then when you get to the third part part of the movie, where things start to go really crazy, I almost get, like, this sense of, like... Now, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but the movies I've seen, it kind of give me this vibe. This might sound like a weird example. Kind of like Terry Gilliam. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he always has great movies, too, but his stuff's always completely different each time, because I always feel like when your biggest movie's like Monty Python the Holy Grail, but then you go, oh, but he also directed 12 Monkeys, and he's got, like, that, um, the, what, that, that one with the... Time with, Bandits. Yeah, Time Bandits. That, that's the one I always think of that's, like, that's a great one. He's got, um... The Imaginarium of Dr. Pranassus or something Yeah, like he, that. he's just got so Heath many... Heath Ledger's last movie, yeah. Yeah, he's got so many just, like, different and oddball movies and so on like that. Well, that's the thing is this thing does kind of go... But even, like, I'll say this, like, okay, it might hit some of, like, the similar beats, but the scenes are still completely different. Like, they might have the same, like, yeah. focus. Because even just this intro, instead of being the Jack Slater 3, like, in the movie, where it's like he's going to save his son, and Tina Turner's there, and he kicks the guy in the nuts, and everything like that. It's like, this one's like, it has that kind of, like, that action scene. Because everything in it feels like that super, like, almost like Miami Vice, even though they're in Hollywood and whatnot, where there's, you know, these gangsters come out, like, in nice suits, and they're shooting up the mall, and people are running around, and just carnage, and, you know, it's like, then they bust into the Victoria's Secret. I like this part. 
It's like the Arnold character is like, there's like some chick there like changing. He's like, here, put this on, see if it fits. Like that, that's like those scenes just remind me of like that's the 17 year old ones. Okay, so we're gonna have this chick changing in there, and then Arnold's gonna get thrown through the wall, and then like he's be like, oh, here, put this on. Well, even just the idea of like, there's the part where he's just like, is there an exit? Like it's by, it's through the changing room. But only customers can use it. He grabs, he grabs a bra. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it says like it has just some of these moments, in it, but they're almost like kind of just hilarious in a different way or whatnot. Or even like when there's that little like you know like the baby in the stroller and whatnot, and then like he like the kid gets thrown up in the air, and then he grabs it with one hand and shoots you know the villain, and then hands it back to the bombs like shopping can be hell. Yeah, like a lot of those kind of punny kind of things. But and then um, when like he... in a sense that that whole scene, like if this was like footage, it would be like the most like alternative cut you've ever seen. Like yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. like, like how it is, but everything's completely different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as we go on though, like and then when it cuts, like we just realize that's a movie trailer, like the world's longest movie trailer possible. <laughs> it's like one of those ones, like you don't see those ones, but every once in a while there's those trailers that just it's just literally like one scene. It's not like mm-hmm. a, in a sense a trailer, just like hey, just give them this one scene. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the Spider-Man, like the original Spider-Man with the tr- Twin Towers ad. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we, then like when you cut to Danny and he's in the movie theater, which kind of seems similar at first, but instead of it being Nick, who's a kindly old man, he's like, there's like some creepy Satanist fucking projection, projectionist who's like, Ugh, here, here, kid, I just, you know, you're my only customer. I might have to cancel the movie tonight and then we kind of get an idea of how much they, they do they go out of their way to show his life is way more shitty in this movie like he does get mugged but by another kid he doesn't have somebody break into his house and smack him around and like like um um handcuff him to, to like a toilet or anything like that yeah well this one like really does get across it's like new york and shit like it like it just maybe because it's also the details you're just reading in it because i will say the movie still does a good job of that too but this one i just maybe it's just it's like it's danny walks down and there's just like hookers and people selling junk to him and meth heads and freaks out and whatnot and this is just his normal life he's kind of used to it even says like in the script you know and yeah the projection is almost kind of like oh it's this kid it's like well whatever he gets me cigarette money i guess he can come back <laughs> And then when he gets, he gets basically, uh, he goes to class. They have kind of like a similar version of the Hamlet scene. Things happen a little differently, but it's similar. And um, he cuts class to go to um, to the arcade, and that's where like some bigger kid tries to mug him. And it's this long scene of this kid following him around. He tries to lose the kid in the alley and all that. Then he gets smacked around. That's when the projectionist comes in, like, "Hey, kid, come on, come back in here." Hey, do you want a gun? <laughs> well, I like before we even get all of that because there's there's other scenes that happen way before there. But it's like I like us like he's like really focuses on Double Dragon. Like like they really put oh, an yeah. emphasis like because this movie doesn't have like a whole lot of like hey let's reference this movie and this. But for some reason they're like oh he's playing Double Dragon. He's playing the shit out of Double Dragon so much so he doesn't think any other games are that great compared to Double Dragon. Like it feels like they were trying to really get this like Double Dragon spot in here. You, you know, know the writer's favorite game. Yeah. And then even, like, the, the other thing, too, is before, that like, the, the rest of that stuff kind of happens, I guess, but when he goes home, like, he doesn't have that same relationship with his mom. He has, like, the very, like, grunge-rocky 90s kid. Like, I, f- I picture, like, this Danny's got, like, a Nirvana t-shirt on as he's kind of coming in. Because kind of, like, like mom's like, oh, hey, Daniel. He's like, whatever. You look like you're having fun. Oh, no soda in the fridge. Go into my room. <laughs> uh, you said you'd be home before 11. Yeah. So... You're failing that school. Kind of 
dad didn't need school got him killed. <laughs> that wasn't how your dad died. Yeah, well, why is he not here, Mom? Why isn't he putting soda in the fridge? Because he's dead. Yeah, I know that, Mom! School killed him! That's why I don't go to school! Gave him school cancer! That's not a thing, Danny. I don't know where you get this. You're probably getting it from Lester, that creepy uh, projectionist guy that you keep. That's like your only friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think you gotta start stop hanging out in the sleazy old, like... No movie theaters and dark projectionist rooms that are all hot and steamy. Well, we see the movie, so we know he's a good guy. But when you see Nick in the movie we got, and you just you're like, oh, he's a good guy, he's cool. But you hear a concept. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm I'm cutting school to do what? To go hang out with a move with a, with a old, like an old man in a movie theater, like. <laughs> Really, really, you know. So, I, I wonder if that just got weirder as time came on, because you know that's the same thing with Back to the Future when you really think about it too. Like, oh, well, who's Marty going to hang out with? Oh, it's, it's him and his old man buddy. They they stay up late like doing science shit. Like, I think there was I, like I Mr. Feel like there was a time period where that wasn't weird. It's like, oh, he's got an apprentice. Cool, you know. What I mean, my my son's on to something. And nowadays, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back, like, shit. If the guy was like ten years older than the kid, they'd be like, dude, are you sure you want to be hanging out with this like twenty eight year old person? Like, no way. You, come fucking home like we don't know what he's into why is he hanging out with you well there's also like like, well i think like back in like you know the i think the 80s and early 90s there's i think mr mr wizard's world or whatever where it's like an old man who like hey kids come in my garage let me show you some cool shit and it's just like an old man like in his fucking 70s trying to show kids like want to see some fucking science here let's drop some baking powder into the water and then drop this thing just like very simple at home science type shit like that uh-huh. he's like wow mr wizard that's so cool the yeah. parents come knock at the door like hey well, billy what are you doing in this old man's garage why is it so dimly lit well yeah well, what what you, you want your kids to go stay at mr rogers instead fuck mr rogers they're coming here they're gonna learn science damn it they're not gonna Mr. be Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, they just play with fucking sock puppets all day. Here, they're learning shit. Yeah, I'm gonna teach them to blow up the World Trade Center. Whoa, whoa, Jesus Christ, man! What? <laughs> what? I got betrayed in the Korean War, and that's just how they repay me. It's like, oh god, this got dark real fast. <laughs> My team of child soldiers. Oh god, now it's going all Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I lost a finger in the war, but god damn it. Felt uh, like it was for a cause, but now they you told tell me, me what that fucking cause is. What was the cause? They told me I could become president if I wanted to be. Be like, oh well, we just said we just told you that so you'd sign the fucking paper. You know. Yeah. It's just those things we just he's just like he's just train he's just basically training a bunch of unibombers. That's all he's doing. Yeah. It's just like the guy the interviewing the guy at the recruiting office. He's like, Well, I realize I could get a lot more sign ups if I just told everybody they could become president if they sign. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, 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 you know, for everybody I signed up, I got an extra two bucks. Fuck you if you think that was a cheap tactic. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, uh, but yeah, but, but so, so I think the thing was, though, is it, it, only nowadays is it starting to look weird for, like, a kid to hang out with an old man. I just I think for the longest mm-hmm. time, that was almost like, a, it felt like it was almost that kind of good thing. It's almost even like that, um, oh, that, I wish there's that song, too, I think about, too, by uh, the guy who does the music for um, fucking Smokey and the Bandit. 
uh, Jerry Reed. Um, he's mm-hmm. also in Smokey and the Bandit too. But there's a song he has where it's just like about. It's like one of those country songs where it has like a story. It's like, oh, there was this old man's house that I would go hang out with, and he would be sitting there strumming a guitar, and he didn't know how to the read or write, but he was the best dang guitar player in all the world. And then go like you know playing on and whatnot, and it's just like even this was was even my dad said that was kind of weird that I would go hang out this old man's house. Even the old man's like, what are you doing hanging out with me? I'm, you know, I'm practically blind and everything like that. So I feel like there was a time period just hanging out with old people was just the end thing. I was just like, and like, that's what my old man would say. I don't, I don't. That's what my dad would say. I don't want you to go and hang out with that old man. Well, that's when I said, well, fuck you, daddy. You're in a wheelchair. What you gonna do about it? And I just went on over. The course kicks back in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I did my banjo solo and it was great, and we toured the world being the old man. He, he said he didn't need a payment except for one thing that would happen on a lonely night. I didn't know what that meant, but, you know, you know I was young and naive, so I signed the contract. <laughs> Got a couple of platinum records on the wall, so fair price. Yeah. <laughs> that was my crossroads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But... Uh. But back um, to, back to life, back but to yeah, the so so it's like it's weird because like in this one like Dan because technically in the movie it never mentions D- you know Dan it's like you kind of assume that like well there is no dad there and I guess that you know maybe Danny's looking for a father figure like you know what I mean I guess that, I, I never put that together as a kid I I read that like in like somebody else's kind of synopsis the I almost parents could have been divorced for all we knew or something yeah like for that. all we know shit the dad could have just been on like on business trip shit it's, it's only like a that movie only takes place over, like, a weekend. <laughs> 90s dad. You know, he's a 90s Disney dad. Yeah, you know, he's probably up there, like, you know, trading businesses with Robin Williams I'm at the, the hook. I'm at the business office, son. What do you do at the business office? Business. Yeah. That's all you really got in those movies. Yeah, but... See, I got my briefcase and I got my tie. I got everything I need. Dad, if you make so much money, why do we live in kind of a shitty part of, like, New York? Well, son, your mother lives in a shitty part of New York. <laughs> <laughs> When you get older, Danny, I will show you the good life. You know, we we could do the Wolf of Wall Street thing together. <laughs> tired of taking stairs down? T- tired of taking stairs down to the to the first story of the house? Take a water slide instead. <laughs> yeah, while doing squaludes. What's a quaalude? You ask. You'll find out, son. You'll find out on your fourteenth birthday. Yeah, but till then, uh, just go hang out the old man. He's he's closest thing to a father. So they, they they go out of their way in this script. Like he goes back to his, you know his his home life is a lot more shittier, and plus he's like they you, you're right. They get across the dad is dead, and the kid does not want to go to the graveyard, and the mom's just like, hey, you just gotta just you just want to spend some time there and just get this anger out. Like no, I just well he's already dead. He's in the ground. What am I gonna do over there? Just other than just look at a grave. What, what am I doing? You know. Yeah. And then and then from there, I think that's where. Somewhere along the line, he goes back to the movie theater. I think after he gets mugged yeah, by the kid. Yeah, I think he gets kid. mugged and the, the old man, like, beats... The, I love this old man just, like, beats the shit out of this kid with a cane. And be like, ah, yeah, Timmy, don't you fuck come around this neighborhood anymore. And that's where he gives them, like, hey, so if anyone gives you some shit again, here's a weird little sci-fi gun. <laughs> well, the, well, that's the part I love the most. It's like, that that scene right there is... that's the You would never be able to put that in a normal movie. Like, no. this old man's like, hey, you know, Danny, you're 14 years old. You know what? You, you need to learn to be a man. Here's a gun. If anybody tries to mug you while you're playing Double Dragon again, you just shoot them in the fucking head. 
<laughs> you like those action movies, right? Just point the gun and pull the trigger. <laughs> like if that... this did happen, this would have been one of the things they blamed. This this script came out as is. This is the things parents would have blamed from for Columbine. Oh well, this movie—it's like one of those ones. Like the way, especially the way this movie goes down. It's like this one of those ones. Like you look at this script, and you go, "Oh, there is no way you could make anything but like sort of like a B movie off of this because it, Tromaville or something." Oh God, yeah, yeah, it would have to be because it starts getting. It's not. It's ripped with it. Uh, is the script is technically maybe like a hard PG thirteen? I don't think there's any f bombs in it or anything like that. But it's the content that it's going with, and almost like the way that like it, Danny kind of goes to be like, "Nope, this is set. This is gonna set up." You God, you thought that fucking Mortal Kombat and Night Trap were gonna be bad. <laughs> Wait till you see the 1991 script, The Last Action Hero. Well, then, like when he gets sucked into the world, like because you know it's the same thing as the movie. He's it's the new Jack Slater movie, or in this case, um, Arno Slater. Well, and this one, um, what, what they call it? they call it like it's like totally what's it's. Total violence. It's like to, total violence or to, to, um, it's like extreme like violence. It's got extreme kind of, violence. It almost has like one of those names that you would see like if someone was putting together like a PSA on you know bad movies. Like kids today go see these movies like extreme violence and look how they turn <laughs> out. Like it, ha- it has like one of those. Like it doesn't even feel like that should be like what a, an action movie's title is. But yeah, and um, he gets once again kind of sucked into it right in the middle of a big action scene. And it's, uh, he's fighting off, like, I don't remember if it's this scene, but I, he's fighting off two, like, Belgian twins, like, J- uh, Jim and Julian, I believe were their names. And they're, they're like the Lumiere brothers, which, the, the way I kind of have it, too, it's like a nod to, like, the, those guys, like, the first French guys to ever use a camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. There's that, and then, like, they keep on saying, like, they keep on making French jokes, they keep on saying, we're Belgian! Yeah, they, they keep doing that, but it's like, for some reason, they got kind of like a French name and so on. The other thing that's really weird about this one, it's different from the movie, is Danny just gets sucked into the movie with, there's no magic ticket. Like, that's almost like the biggest thing. It's like, oh, there's just I like, assume the gun was that, or maybe the guy, maybe the projection is well, put on some kind of spell or something. Well, I, I think as we go farther into it, there, that kind of comes up. But there's literally no magic ticket. There's just this thing where, like, like Lester's all like, ah. Fucking kids again. There's a rip. Danny, you see that rip there in the screen? Yeah, I gotta get that fixed one of these days. That's why I can't really show that movie. But I'll, we, we could test screen it tonight. Don't worry about the rip. And that rip turns out to be, like, the thing that's, like, the what he puts his hand into. And then, like, mm-hmm. Arnold pulls him out on the other side. Like, you know. And that, But it's weird that the, the, the no magic ticket, which... I mean, I'll say this. I, I kind of like the magic ticket idea. I feel like that's just such... That's the best concept, I think, in any story ever made. But, like, the... When you take it sort of away, it gives it this other feeling. Because like, cause that was the whole time I'm reading the script. I'm like, well, how does he get sucked in there? I mean, I know he's got sort of this magic gun that fucking... I like how Les has been working on this gun. He's like, all right, I just build guns in my spare time up here in the projectionist room. What's it, it's described as like kind of like a small like um, revolver, but it has a massive cannon on it, more or less, almost. Like, it looks kind of like... Well, it's made out of porcelain, which is weird, because, you know, it's like... Yeah. So you feel like it's going to be like the most delicate gun. Like, you're going to shoot it once, and it's that's going to be it, but... No, it's just he's like, yeah, yeah, it's got my own custom designs in it and everything. I just love how he's just all of a sudden this guy's just got this muzzle philosophy. Like, boy, this guy, either I just hope that it's just because this guy has a lot of free time and this is his New York hobby is putting together guns <laughs> out of weird materials. There's that, yeah. He probably has like some friends on the art scene, more than likely. Yeah. Satanist runs an old beat up 
a Satanist who runs an old beat up movie theater and makes porcelain guns in his spare time. So yeah, it's, 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 he's it's, got a few art friends. It's bizarre, but yeah, but then like once he gets kind of sucked into the movie, they're like at a car wash. So instead of being like in like the ACDC scene, and it has that same thing too that happens in the movie where like um, uh, Arnold's uh, cousin Frank gets killed. And I guess he gets killed mm. right here at the car wash and so on. And that's what gets the plot sort of going and so on like that. But they do have this big old battle like in a car wash, which is actually kind of neat in itself. Mm-hmm. And they're very descriptive with the battles, but they don't linger too long. So you've read a lot of action scripts where it's just like, the movie's probably only two hours, but it's taking me two and a half hours to read it for how dense the action descriptions are. Yeah, exactly. No, this one kind of goes about the exact pace you'd expect. There's always kind of a good action scene coming up following the next and so on. But um, this is sort of where he gets kind of like tied in with Arnold, or Arno. It's kind of always hard to say that because you always feel like you're just going to say Arnold. But um, And then they go to the, after like the whole thing and Frank's dead and whatnot, they have like a funeral and everything there. Was the funeral scene before or after Danny comes into the movie? Um, I don't remember if it was before or after, but not long after that, they end up going to the um, to the um, to the precinct to get chewed out by Decker, the the police captain. Yeah, because because then there's the police captain there and so on. The police captain's always talking. For some reason, everybody's fucking him in the ass. That he he mentions it like like oh these guys are trying to fuck me in the ass. Oh. These guys down here, the these bureaucrats, trying to fuck me in the ass. Boy, the guy at Subway today trying to fuck me in the ass. I said an Italian. I said, can I get an Italian BMT on wheat? Next thing I know, what's that pressure in my rectum? Yeah, but he, and, every he, next time I go to Subway, there's always just a different way of like, like somebody, like it just reminds me of like a bunch of seventeen-year-old kids pulling out the thesaurus of like, who can be How many different ways can we explain this guy? He's always getting fucked in the ass, but we'll never say technically fuck or ass. They have, he speaks in all these weird, like, um, these weird, like, PG ways of saying it, which almost sounds kind of weirder and creepier. It's like, they're trying to take me up my Hershey fountain. <laughs> like, that, like, just. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, all the ways that, well, that's the thing is because I feel like they were still trying to make this movie PG 13, and this, this script does feel like it's trying to be PG 13, but it also has that feeling of, like, kids putting together a pg-13 movie so like they, they'll, they'll put stuff in there like what man we didn't say fuck like what do you want like yeah but you gave a kid a fucking gun and he's shooting people the whole time like well just it's not i mean when they get shot it's not bloody it's just like they explode like you know bad guy explode like like son have you ever seen someone get shot well yeah i've seen a movie jeez come on man <laughs> Let me finish my fucking script. God, turns yeah. back to a typewriter. Yeah, shit. No, just like the weird ways he says it. Like it's like they're trying to like wax my chocolate tunnel. Like just weird ass fucking things. Like, yeah. things you've heard nobody say. Maybe not that exactly, but something but they, close they're to they're it. Not, they're, they're literally not far off. That could have been like another one in another draft. But he says it like all the time, every single time. Somebody's trying to get him. Somebody's trying to get me. Like oh, they're trying to get me again. He's like the he's like the neighbor in uh, Boondocks. He's just afraid someone's gonna fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> my booty is mine. My booty is mine. Yeah, exactly. No, no that, that's that's this guy's fear and whatnot. So of course, like beyond that, I, I guess that's how it turns into like they're like, well, in the movie, we're just gonna have him just yell really high tense, and uh, he's actually gonna get some f bombs off, but they're gonna go so fast that the the rating board isn't gonna catch him. And then, like um, from there. Don't they go to, I want to say, they, they do the whole thing where he's like, 
well, you, you brought the, this kid was there, so the kid just showed up. Like, well, now the kid's wanted, so you're partnered with the kid. Where he goes, you go. And he's like, you gotta be kidding me. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. This is a classic buddy cop stitch, sketch or whatever. And that's where Arnold Arnold's just like, fucking goddammit. You know? He's just... Well, this I'll is, say this, arc, this is right this where Danny season. starts doing like the the movie like scenes where he starts thinking it out like a movie. Because I'll, I'll say this in the beginning, mm-hmm. he doesn't really he goes to the movies, but he's never sitting there like breaking them down. Like because they don't really have like that good conversation between like him and the Nick character of like, oh, he's really in the movies. More just like, yeah, I show up to the movies because that's where like my dad's not at. Your dad's yeah. not anywhere. Yeah, well, he's not here either. S- especially not at the movies. <laughs> You know, and then all of a sudden it feels like once he's in the movie, then he starts going like, oh, well, this is the buddy cop scene. This is why they're doing this. They would never do this in real life and so on like that. Yeah, the movie we ended up getting has a lot more of like, you could tell he's really into these movies. It's not just, oh, he happened to be at this movie once or twice. Like, I'll say that that the uh, the movie that got made has a better job of showing that he's a movie fan from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But this one, as it goes on, shows a much better... Show, I think shows better that, like, movies are an escape for him. Where it shows that in the, the, the movie, the, the actual movie that directed by John McTiernan, mm-hmm. it shows that movies are an escape for him, but this one really nails it on the head and really tries to get it across that, no, his life is even shittier here. Yeah, no, and th- this one totally is, like, it just reminds me of, like, it almost has, like, that punk rock kind of feel to it. Like, I almost picture this movie also kind of feeling like a, like, sort of like Repo Man with uh, Emilio Estevez. Like, almost like that kind of look. Like, where you just have this kind of weird and just, like, down and dirty, like, you know, not as much of kind of like a fun action world, but more just like, oh, it's kind of dangerous and, you know, a lot more you know, darker and so on. Even though it still has that PG-13 vibe at the same time, which is, like, the weird one. But um, when they're in the uh, police precinct right now, they start having some of those, like, in the background, I notice they start doing the thing where, like, they have, like, the weird pair-ups. They're, they're not like, you're turn- you're in a pair-up with a cartoon cat today. They don't have any of that. It doesn't go that far. But it does have, like, one where, like, there's the guy off the canine unit, you know, like the Jim Belushi-sounding, like, fella. And here's, you know, the guy paired up with... um Actually, I think this is later on, but there's, like, a guy who's, like, pa- paired up with, like, an Aztec warrior. Something yeah, like with, like, a headdress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so they they, they kind of have a little bit, like, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, like, it's there, but, like, not maybe as wacky. Because I know, like, in Last Action Hero, Last Action Hero kind of does that thing where it does kind of... It can shoot up to being, like, ultra wacky and then kind of come back down to being realistic and so on. Like, it, it's, like, it has these weird spikes here and there where it's, like, huh. It's almost like a completely well, different movie. There's even a joke in here, like comes in later but it feels like a joke that could have even been in the final product which is where oh yeah like you have a you have a bow and arrow set with explosive arrowheads like oh yeah i had a, i had a, a, a friend from nam who went crazy and attacked a small town in oregon but and he gave this to me i, I like that line a lot to where it's just like oh shit it's like it was supposed to be like him and rambo are friends like i thought that was kind of a neat one they sort of have in there, you know what I mean? Just, just, just like a minor thing. Even though that the other thing is kind of cool is that Bono does come back later in the movies. <laughs> yeah. But um, as they're kind of going on, you kind of meet some of. There's like some of these other guys. There's Mick Murphy and there's uh, like uh, Kilgallen and so on. These other cops. You're like, well, these guys are going to be bad. I can just tell off the bat. Like a guy named Kilgallen's not going to be a trustworthy adversary. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember. Is this the part where like Arnold gets, you know, he gets thrown off the case because he shot up, you know, all this stuff and the property damage and so on. They're like, yeah, like we're taking your badge and whatnot. I think he gets his, he might get his badge taken. I'll be honest. 
before, like, the first half, it kind of runs together to me because it is just like a big series of action scenes where they go here, an action scene happens, they go back to the precinct, they get yelled at, they go here, action scene happens, they go back to the precinct, get yelled at. So it kind of, like, blend, kind of blends into me when thinking back on it. But, um, and it's not that it wasn't bad, it was, yeah, it was good. It's, just it just, action. It's, it's like in a movie it would play out really well, but, like, in a script sometimes that's not... It kind of yeah. come, comes together. Well, I want to say... I think they go to the strip club, and they pass by. They're, they're getting across. It's the most dingiest strip club. They pass by, like, nude woman. Really nude woman, you know? And then, like, nudist woman. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then it's like the thing. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like extremely nude nudes. Like, it repeats itself all as much. It's like, here's the one. This is where all the bad guys hang out. And I like when they go in there. It's just like, there's, like, pimps and rednecks and bikers. And there's just, like, like a martial arts guy. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> so, like, bizarre. Like, what's going on in this place and whatnot? And actually, this scene's actually kind of a neat one because, like, Arnold's just like, here, stay at the bar. No, you can't have a drink. And then it's like, it, the way I sort of picture it, like, if, if I was, like, shooting it or the way it's kind of writ, written down is that, like, the kid's talking to the bartender. And, like, it's almost like you see it in the background. You just see Arnold just, like, roughing these guys up. Maybe even in, in another room and you can just see a glimpse through, like, the doorway. And he's just roughing these guys up looking for answers and so on. But you see it from, like, an over-the-shoulder shot of, like, Danny and the bartender talking. Like, and that's, like, the background kind of happening. Which I th- sounds kind of I neat. think that would have been funny, yeah. Like, that's kind of... Because they don't have... I don't think they have any real dialogue for Arno other than, like, get get there, right? I'll be back, or whatever. And then... Where, where can I find them? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. That's where... He, that, this is where they get information for the next guy, and I think this is my... Maybe where they learn about, like the brother like the, they have to go to the gym or whatever they have they, they i think they learn about the fitness club in order to find uh the two brothers yeah because i think in here they find the information because i almost want to say by this point decker took away the badge danny just said i, I love how danny just like because he also does these things that you could never imagine like a kid in the movie doing be like hey arno you know I, I know i only met you like an hour and a half ago but give me your gun i'm gonna put this in my backpack believe me believe me this is what we gotta do oh okay <laughs> and then, like, when he goes in there, he's like, oh, yeah, they took away all my guns and my badge. See? Kid knows best. <laughs> well, can I get the gun like back that, yeah. No, not yet. But so now they're, I think they're almost on their own investigation. They're doing it, like, off the record and so on. And then they go, like, yeah, then they go to, like, Malibu. And it's, like, a super kind of yuppie, like, fitness center. It kind of makes it sound like. Like, it's on a golf course or something like that. Well, before that, they even, I think they go back to Arno's house where oh. we meet the wife for a second and he just, like, pries a bullet out of his, like, you know, shoulder, no problem. And he's like, so your wife is cool with you just kind of coming in, getting all bloody, and then, like, leaving? Like, yeah, she's fine with it. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to work later and stuff. She's like, y- you want me to clean your gun for you? Sure thing, honey. And it sounds kind of like the wife that's in this one kind of reminds me it's supposed to be, like, Meredith and, uh, like, the daughter in the actual movie. You know, that's Sonia. Got, yeah. Like, I-, I feel like the, the way that she sort of acts and kind of takes care of him, it's like, I feel like in, like, in the other one, it's more like, oh, yeah, it's like his daughter sort of takes care of him and is, you know, like that in a sense. Then he just goes back to work. She's like, going to the gym. <laughs> yeah. They go and... And he tries to go. sign up. It just reminds me like there's just, like, the most yuppiest guy. They're like, we are not taking new clients or anything like that. Like, come on, let me in. Did you know who I am? Look at me. And, and they, he smacks and him around. It's goes, like, weird. It's like, they make it out like it's one of those gyms, like, oh, we don't want muscle heads here or anything like that. But then all of a sudden, after like, like, Arnold headbutts them, he goes in there, and there's a bunch of like muscle head guys in there. I mean, they're wearing gloves and stuff, so you know they're not, like, I guess, like, 
you know, like that, but they almost would be like, they'd be like what the Russians would call a mullet, which is like the guys that lift the little like Barbie weights and so on and don't have actual strength. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> term, but you know, if I guess you're in the Russian military, I guess it makes more sense. A mullet, that's what they call them? Yeah, it, you know, it obviously has to be a term from like the 80s. Probably, I'm assuming they, so. They, they call it the guys that have like all show, no go type muscles, you know. It's got to be from the 80s where a lot of American heroes had mullets. So. Yeah, and the Russians just look at them like, they are not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's what it sort of reminds me there. Because then, like, Arnold goes or Arnold goes in there, and he just kind of, like, bullies it. He literally bullies his way into this club. <laughs> they go to the back room where the guy, where they they have the two... Fr- like, I want to say they get into a brawl, and they go to the back room where the two French guys or two Belgian guys are working out. It's like... And the way they're described, like, these two fucking frogs in their dorky one-piece body gloves. Yeah, they're, like, they're just wearing, like, the spandex suits. And then Arnold just goes, he goes to, like, literally the Universal Machine, which, if you remember what that Universal Machine is, I know it's going to seem close to home, but, okay, you know at Class 5, how there was, like, at the top right corner, there was that... I remember that, yeah. yeah. I remember the Universal Machine. Yeah. Yeah, It has the weight thing where you bring it down, and, like, I always thought... There's, like, like 12 different things on there, you know? Bruce Lee had one of those himself. Well, the thing is, I've always thought, like, whenever I go to a gym, I'm like, there are so many things in a gym that you could use in, a, like, a fucked-up torture scene in a movie. Like, I'm surprised I haven't seen that yet. And this script kind of had that, because he, like, as he's finding the guys, he, like, lifts up, like, you know, goes to the universe machine, lifts up a fuck-ton of weights. The guy punches and misses, and his hand goes where the weights are stacked, and he drops it and basically crushes his arm. Yeah, well, because that, that's the thing I thought was kind of cool, too, because I thought the same thing is, like, why is there never, like, fight scenes, like, in the gym? Like, you very rarely see... Once in a while, you'll see somebody get hit with, like, a plate, or, like, in Pain and Gain, when, like, the weights fall off and smash the guy's head. Like, that's the closest thing we sort of get. But, like, just a full-on brawl, like, in a gym, this script has. And it's just, like, it's just Arnold's in there, and he's just, like, smashing weights against these guys, throwing dumbbells, you know, kicking guys through stuff. Like, the action's totally badass right here. And, of course, Danny just kind of goes up and finds... This is where, I guess, where he finds uh, Benedict or Mr. I.D., you know, because he's, like, peering through, like, the door and so on. And then we also see um, the the Belgian boys, um, the Lumiere guys. I think I misread. I think it's, like, Jim and Jules, not mm-hmm. Jim and Julian. Yeah, yeah, Jim and Jules, I think, is what it is. But, yeah, no, this this action scene right here is one of those ones where it's like, oh, this is actually really sweet. Like, they're in a gym, which would, it makes sense for, like, an Arnold-type character to fight through. I mean, you can see Jean-Claude Van Damme or Chuck Norris or any of those kind of guys fighting in a scene like that. But, um yeah. Big old action scene right here. They kind of find out some more information. I want to say Jules and Jim, they always seem to escape, like, every single time. Like, they, they get out somehow, some way. Well, it's also a very elaborate scene. Like, at some point, like, someone has their arm wrapped around something, and he has a taser. I think Danny has a taser and tases, like, the weights. And because they're holding onto the machine, they they all get electrocuted somehow or something to that effect. That, that's true, because, uh, yeah, because Arnold, he smuggles in under his towels, it says at one point, like, a couple of tasers. Because I guess the scene beforehand, when they're at, like, Arnold's house or whatnot, like, underneath, like, his, like, whatever, his Hollywood house... He's had, like, a ginormous, like, gun locker sort of... It might be, like, picture, like, in Terminator 2 when they go down there to pull the guns out, but nicer. <laughs> like, the, yeah. that's, that's what I picture. Not out in the middle of the desert of Mexico and filled with dust. Like, oh, no, he he goes down here to relax, you know? And he has a gun range, and he has an anti-tank, you know, gun down here. And 
I almost want to say there was a laser gun down there for some odd reason. Like, there's some, like, bizarre things every once in a while. Like, why is there a laser gun here? Oh, don't question it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there something, like, um... Like, they make jokes, like, he's always... They, they had the same joke in the actual movie. Like, how, as he's giving all this exposition and just talking regularly, he's driving like an asshole, not paying attention to the road, and all these other cars are swerving and getting out of the way. You know? Well, yeah, because they talk about that, they're, they're like, he's driving through Los Angeles at, like, 120 miles per hour and stuff like that. And the first time, I think Danny's holding on for dear life, and then afterwards, he's like, Danny's enjoying every minute of it. Like, he can't get enough, because he realizes he can't die, or so, I don't know. <laughs> And then, like, from there, they get information, because they, they smack, I, I want to say that while they're smacking around um, the two Belgian guys, that's they learn, oh, they're working for Mr. ID, his long-term nemesis. And then Mr. ID, pretty much, like, in this story, because that's, like, I guess you would say Arnold's, like, main villain, but he's almost like the Joker, because there's a story later on where he's like, oh, yeah, when I was first starting off on, like, the force, like, we, we, we had a scuffle, and I threw him into a vat of acid, and that's why he has to wear these bandages. When they first describe him, like, oh, so he's kind of like, hush. But then you hear that, like, oh, so a little Batman there. Yeah, which I think probably at the time, I guess you could kind of see, like, hey, you're like, shit, I'm going to throw every action thing, even though, well, I guess Batman 89 would have been out by now, so maybe that's also the reason why that kind of... Yeah, this this came out, and this was written in 91, so it makes sense why that would still be fresh in people's minds. Yeah, so it kind of has even, like, the Batman sort of-ness to it. I guess because you think about it, Batman 89's, it fits into, like, an action film of the 80s. <laughs> It does. Like he, I, 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 I have trouble thinking of it as an, as an 80s movie, but it is an 80s movie. Yeah, so, um, um, so yeah, so it's like he kind of explains that, and then, like, from this point on, they're, they're kind of chasing him down. And, and, and see, like, all these scenes here, this is where I kind of feel like why I think it's kind of different from almost, like, the second and third act on is because even though they're chasing down the villains, they're, like, completely different scenes. Like, you know what I mean? They're, like, different locations, different, like, you know... For the most part, I mean, yeah, it's the same motive of that. And you know that somebody's going to screw him over. Because, like, that was the thing I'm thinking the whole time. Like, well, there's the, you know, there's the John practice. Somebody's got to be that, you know. And as we kind of go on farther and farther, we learn that it's kind of like Decker's the guy we can't trust as much. And I can't remember if that comes up right yet. No, not yet. I, there, he realizes, I want, uh, Danny says, look, so he's pissed off. You're, you want to go down and you want to track these guys down. Well... Think about what they're going to do. If we're going to be tracking them down eventually to get, or if we're going to be on the run for a minute, they're going to go after your wife and they're going to hold her as a hostage. It's like you're right; they did that before. You know, so <laughs> it's like, so it's like they're like, okay, so let's get the wife, and then we're going to go hang out at a theme park because that's the last place they'll expect to find us. Oh, before and we can... that, there's actually the scene. I just want to say this. Is I thought this kind of interesting is the the very first scene of the movie of, of or the script here. Oh right, the, the trailer. They, they they get to the trailer part in here where like they're like because I think when they say like oh we need to go get you well instead of following them let's go get your wife first and so that's where they go to the mall and that because she's working at the jewelry store or something like that and so they go there to pick her up before they go to Santa Monica Pier and. Um, they grab At her there, point. and then the scene starts happening like it does in the trailer, but, like, there's things like, oh, shit, Danny's like, I gotta fix this, because I've kind of jacked some things up along the way that, like, you know, because of the trailer, so it plays out, like, how it's supposed to. And, uh, there's the part where, um, yeah, because he uses his knowledge from the trailer to get him through that. Like, shoot, here, get some gum. We're gonna need some gum, you know, because... At some point, he used gum to like plug his ears and they'll hold something together. I think it was like um, something explodes. I, I can't really remember exactly how it does. I'm like, all I thought was like, wouldn't that gum be hard to get back out of here? So that's all. I... Yeah. <laughs> um, 
No, but then there is like when they when they pick up the wife, she's reading like cop like wife cop like w- like cop wife like monthly or something. <laughs> like like headline story like my like it was something to the effect of like my man was suspended, so I became so I took on the case. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, just like one of those like kind of goofy ones. And so and I, I actually the, the wife characters go. actually is kind of funny how they kind of like have her in there because she still gets things done, but it's almost like she realizes she's like, yo, I always get captured. Like, what the fuck? He, yeah, here we go. Um, cop wife, the magazine for the woman behind the man behind the badges. This cover story. My husband got suspended. Now I wear the badge. A cop wife story. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's just all those kind of things there. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting how it just kind of connects to the beginning part. Like almost like you would think that beginning part had nothing to do with it. Then it's like comes back around, and so on. And then um, yeah, it goes through the action scene of that all again. There's the kind of funny moments and so on. And then Danny's like, okay, instead of following him. Let's go hang out at Santa Monica Pier. Like you, you, you've never done anything fun in your life before. Because then it's like all of a sudden they're like out there. He's like, he's like, he's like I really want to play Double Dragon. Had <laughs> <laughs> to get that in there. And like the wife, this is where the wife kind of starts to turn a little bit because she's like, this is all lame. This is all stupid. Yeah, she's like and Ar- video games, fucking nerd. And then Arno's all like, <laughs> I love the ice cream. Is- this is amazing. I never had it before, you know. And he's just not used because, like, he's always written to be in all these crazy action scenes. The first time he's doing something fun and wholesome, he's just like, "This is nice, yeah." <laughs> he's like, "I didn't even know there was Santa Monica here." <laughs> and they're like playing air hockey and so on, and video games, and just like hanging out and eating ice cream, and, and like literally Arnold's like dual fisting ice cream. And like at some point, like the wife leaves and. He's like, oh, what's wrong with her? But he's more absurd. He's more concerned about the ice cream than he is his wife leaving or something. <laughs> and then, like, uh, they get word, like, okay, so here's, like, Danny says, here's what we should do. We should hang out here at the pier where it's safe and friendly. We'll call a bunch of cops to get here for when the bad guys come to ambush us eventually or whatever. But then the bad guys do eventually come, and an action scene breaks out. And there's no cops. And what? And there's no cops. No cops things start to get a little bit more serious and um from there i want to say the the wife the not the, the wife i think she up and disappears when she gets kidnapped but then like what ends up happening is like i want to say danny uses the gun for the first time yeah all the bad guys come to santa monica pier no none of the cops show up that were supposedly supposed to be there and so on this action kind of happens it even starts off like they're eating ice cream and then the ice cream explodes and it's like oh that's weird it's like oh there's guys shooting at Not us. Not the ice cream! <laughs> it gets to that point, too, where it's just like that. we got to kill them. They took the ice cream. And I think this is the part, too, where Danny finally pulls out. Isn't this the part where he finally pulls out, like, not Nick's gun, but uh, Lester's gun, the projectionist? Yeah, he pulls out that gun, and he almost just... They explode into dust when he uses it. And then it kind of, like, his skin is glowing. Like, he's standing out. Like, he... He's, like, he's... Like, it's kind of, like, really... Like it's like it's almost like everything else looks like it's in sepia tone, and he's like really bright and shiny. Yeah, like they say, like he's in like Technicolor, so it has like that look of like '30s color, almost even like that kind of style. Like, so it's giving him these like powers in a sense, which is kind of weird. So it's like almost like each kill he gets with the gun, he gets more charged up, you know. So they just start going through this huge shootout, blasting people, and Danny like n- nobody's concerned that Danny's probably killing more people than anybody else. And I'm not sure if it's this scene or the next scene, but eventually Danny's like, 
oh, what he's eventually calling the shots, and Arnold Arnold's almost kind of like a little bit more like hesitant, like, dude, you're getting a little kill crazy here, you know? <laughs> like it becomes like the 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 sidekick. It, it almost feels kind of like self insert fan fiction where I'm working with Batman, and then suddenly. I'm, I'm like in the place of, of of Tim Drake, but then I become stronger than Batman. It feels kind of like that for a second, but you kind of see where it's going, and you see that that here that the Danny is starting to go kind of like power hungry and almost becoming as bloodthirsty as fucking like um, Arnold basically. And Arnold, after tasting a little bit of life, is like, oh wait, 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 maybe we don't have to do this as much. Well, yeah, because this is what I kind of like. I, I will say, like, I, I do like the way that this sort of ending goes because it definitely starts spinning and rotating around, like, and so on. It almost becomes even, like, Twilight Zone-like. It just it starts to get kind of even sort of weird, and we just kind of go from these, like... It, it, do, it does have this almost, like, would be, like, the 40-minute, like, action scene because I almost want to say from, like, the Santa Monica Pier, it just keeps going to, like, action scene, action scene, action scene, action scene, and it gets kind of, like, progressive and progressive. And, like, as this is going on, like, Danny's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to stop him. I'm going to kill him all. They killed your favorite cousin, Frank. You know what I mean? And then Arnold starts going, like, well, wait a second, wait a second. Like, things uh, – I always kill the guy, but then they, they they always come back. It's like a full circle effect. It's like, you know, like one of those ones, like, I got to stop this and so on. And I think somewhere they learn is when they go back to – I think they get sort of split up, and I almost want to say Danny and the wife go to the precinct, and that's where they find Decker – and Decker, you know, once he's got a gun to his head by, like, a 14-year-old boy, he confesses. He's like, yeah, yeah I, I set my friend up, you know, and whatnot. He's like, well, of course you did. You're the Vietnam buddy. The Vietnam buddy always betrays. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. I, I haven't seen it, but apparently that happened in the director's cut of the Thomas Jane Punisher. Like, his FBI buddy, who, who is his war buddy, is the guy who sc- uh, screws him over to John Travolta's team. So, oh, that's, yeah. like, Lethal Weapon t- too, I think. Lethal Weapon, well, and Lethal Weapon 1. Too, oh, no, no, it's it? Lethal Weapon 1. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Lethal Weapon yeah. 1 is the, um, where that happens to, to Danny. I love, we're talking about classic action movies, and I go to <laughs> Thomas Jane Punisher for director's cut. <laughs> it's well, not even in the main movie. Well, I got the director's cut version of that one. But that, by now, that's how almost is like a classic action movie. Shit, the movie's like 17 years old. It's kind of weird to think, but... Jesus, don't remind me. She's 17 years old, fuck. <laughs> but, um... But, I was that movie's older now. That's seventeen years old. I was younger now when that movie came. That Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I was like fifteen or six. <laughs> I would say shit. It had a PS2 game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, this is where they sort of split and things kind of like start to change here. And as we kind of have these action scenes and so on, they're chasing down the twins, um, the the Belgian boys, and then they're chasing down. Um, I always want to say Doctor. Um, what is his name? I do too, but it's Mr. ID. Mr. ID. Which, it does sound like Mr. ID, he's wrapped in bandages. It does sound like he's basically a, a Marvel or a DC villain, really. Yeah, or something I'll even like. Uh, uh, the other thing I picture is like Dr. No. That's why I... I, I Dick I, Tracy, even. Yeah, mm-hmm. like even like one of those kind and so on. And like in this time period of like all this action and carnage, like Arnold started to go like, well, maybe... Maybe I gotta stop pulling the trigger every single time and so on like that because like all these action scenes are starting to get more and more intense as things keep going on and so on. And Danny's like, no, 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 we gotta get that Stinger missile launcher out. We're gonna fucking blow this helicopter up or whatnot. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep going. So and by this point, they said that like they stop back at before this last battle happens. At some point, they go back to his house, get all like a bunch of weapons, and he's 
head to toe covered with guns and bullet belts and all that. And he's basically constantly walking around with two guns, one being one of a standard Slater type gun, the other being like the porcelain gun. Yeah, well, it's like, and it's like, as it keeps going too, because there is just a bunch of like action and so on, I want to say like with almost like each kill that Danny gets, he becomes almost like more and more like, like he's turning into like an action hero. Like, in a weird way. Because there's even a part, too, where, like, the wife... I know it's a little bit later on, but the wife sees him, and she doesn't recognize him. Because he comes in, and he's just, like, all, like, buffed out. And he's just, like, filled to the brim of, like, guns. And he's just, like, you know, got face paint on and war paint and all this kind of stuff. He's probably smoking a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just goes down the line of just, like, trying to... They That's where, like, after they reveal to, um... To, uh, Arno... That, you know, he was betrayed by Decker. That's for the wife. She's like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. My whole life is me cleaning your wounds, getting kidnapped, being saved, cleaning your wounds. I'm fucking tired of this. I'm done. And then Arnold's just like, I don't know. I can't keep track of everything's go- what, what's happening here. And then you have, uh, what was the other example? There is like, Decker is going off another analogy about getting butt fucked. <laughs> But he he just they're merging and it just comes out as gibberish basically. Yeah. Well, and then it, is that the part where Danny shoots Decker and Decker like explodes and that's kind of like the breaking yeah. point because then Arnold's like, whoa, 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 you didn't have. I mean, I know he was a you know in a sense the bad guy, but you didn't have to shoot him. Exactly, and then he's like, no, like no one, like he's just like if he's not innocent, then he dies. Come on, Arnold. Pretty much, I, yeah. I, like, that, I almost pictured Danny, like, almost if this was, like, fucking, like, Akira. Like, he's just getting more and more mutated. <laughs> he's just like, Tetsuo! <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's how I sort of pictured it. Like, he's just getting more into it. Like, he's becoming almost, like, a monster. Like, it's almost, is like, it's turning into, like, a horror movie. It's sort of how I feel like it's kind of going. Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily written like that but in my mind i kind of picture it like that because each kill he gets the more powerful he gets in almost like this weird way that's why i said kind of like terry gilliam other than like monty python stuff because sometimes if he's doing like a fantasy movie it starts off with a sense of like wonderment and whimsy and then it takes a hard right turn and like oh shit got dark here you know Mm -hmm. yeah i know because like kind of like brazil or something like that or, like, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, or, like, Time Bandits, how, like, the villain of the Time Bandits is the devil, basically. So, it just kind of, like, has a lot of that weird type of, the, the, like, shit you don't expect. And I don't think, you know, seeing where the movie starts off at, where, where it goes, because as he's chasing down Mr. ID, they end up going and just, you think, like, okay, I guess they're on a, they're in Hollywood, so they're on a movie set, but then it just keeps on going, and the sets get more flimsy and more fake and less crowded and less people around, until he comes out, until he's basically standing on, like, the edge of, like, a movie theater. Well, what I, what I like is th- this part's actually kind of cool, too, before they get that, is they start go it starts flowing through other sets, which I always thought, even in the, in the last Action Hero movie, it needed just a little bit more of, like, using that magic ticket to kind of travel to different movie things. But I like how in this one, like, they go, it's like, the action set starts to fade into, like, a, a western set. And all of a sudden he's in there, and I think that's where he kills one of the twins and everything, because Danny's just out there just, like, hunting him down. He's just, like, literally taking that gun and blowing apart, like, western buildings and so on like that, looking for that poor Belgian guy. The guy's like, I didn't sign up for this. I expect a 14-year-old boy who's just more jacked than anybody is going to come after me. And then, like, 
Arnold's character is chasing down Mr. ID, and he goes into like a horror movie set, and so on, like that. And it starts to become kind of like it's, it doesn't go into super description, like of like what exactly it's supposed to be, like the Western one story did. But it kind of reminds me like it's kind of merging into that as they're chasing them down, and then they're all gonna converge into like this movie theater that kind of looks like the New York movie theater, but it's not the New York movie theater. It's something kind of different at the same time too. It's almost like they get to like the limbo state. This is where I feel like it gets very like twilight zoney and almost yeah. like, and it becomes almost like they, they come get to this like purgatory of like the movie in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Cause it gets kind of, kind of like a horror film kind of for a minute there uh we also forgot to mention this is where the bad guy comes out like doctor or mr id comes out and says here is the reason i do it i do i only sell drugs to make money to get guns to kill you yeah that does it which it's kind of making fun of like the lack of logic in movies but at the same time it's kind of going off like wait so this means it's just an endless process you're always going to because i kill you then somebody's going to get mad that I killed you, and they're going to come after me. And if you watch a movie, the logic can be fine. But if you, like, I guess if you're in a world where this always has to happen, if you peel the page back a little bit, that's where the logic doesn't happen. It just happens because you need a bad guy to fight. Well, yeah, I felt like that became, like, that became, like, the writer's insight part. Because it's like, okay, how do we get the bad guy to fight the good guy? You know what I mean? And it's like, there was, like, this spiral, but then you kind of realize that, like, that spiral never ends, you know? It just continuously keeps going around and around and around. And, like, this villain has realized that in this world, that, like, that that's what it is. It's like, I... I I'm only getting the drugs and selling the drugs to get the weapons so I can kill you. It has nothing to do with anything else. And then it's kind of interesting because Arnold's like, well, shit. He's like, this is causing destruction. Like, literally just because I'm here and I exist and I fight crime, which I thought was always a good thing to do, I actually create all these other problems that, like, all these innocents die, all these problems are going on, this terror, you know, it's almost that weird thing of, like, that that Batman theory, which, I don't know, I'm always kind of a little bit mixed about, but, like, that one where it's like, if Batman wasn't there, would there be less crime in Gotham? I think crime would still be a thing. Yeah, he, he, he happened. He's there. Because, like, he became Batman because there was crime in the first place. Yeah. So, so that, that's yeah. how I always kind of look at it. But it has that sort of feeling. Or it's like, I even like, too, because then the police officer sort of explains, too, like Decker and stuff. I guess before he gets vaporized, he explains, he's like, well, the reason, here's the reason why I decided to put an end to Arno. He's like, this guy blows places up left and right it costs the taxpayers tons of money people are always getting hurt i always have to kind of go there and fix the issues over and over and, and they never seem to stop somebody's always trying to fuck me in the ass <laughs> <laughs> you know Did i tell you about that but it was almost kind of like the interesting thing is like he's like yo the reason why i'm the reason why i'm turning him in in a sense is because he actually causes more problems than anything else and i, I kind of i feel like this like twilight zoney part where we start to like mesh these things all together from like the writing room to the real world to like the movie world and so on when it comes down that that's actually kind of neat like i feel i'll say this that's that this in the script that's way too complex for the average audience there's no way you're going to sell a, a major movie for this that that's like a comic book idea in a sense where you can sell it to somebody you can sell it to a small group to a niche audience that would totally get it but like it, it's it's very cool though i like it and then when yeah so after we get that whole that whole spiel and Danny is chasing uh, ID out. ID removes the bandages, and it's presented to be Lester, the projectionist. Yeah, <laughs> just and, like it's like, oh, what the fuck? 
And they're, they have this, not really a fight in the auditorium, but he's basically on, like, I guess the second balcony or top floor. His eyes turn red. The balcony starts to fall apart. and It's like the projection just, glows coming out of him almost. And he's basically saying, like, you have to, like, come on, kill me, kill me. And basically he would take the place, more or less, of Slater, but he doesn't. That's where he, I, I want to say... That's where Slater comes staggering out, barely alive. Says, "Don't do it. You'll just take my place. And if you kill him, someone's gonna come after you, just because the story demands it. So just get out of here." And he does that. I want to say he kind of wakes up in like the movie theater and just gets out of there. Well, because it's, it's like he's fighting yeah. this thing. Is like, it's like if, if you pull the trigger, that literally will create an endless cycle that we can't escape. It's like this vortex is there. But then it's like a timely thing. So it feels like the projectionist, he keeps glowing more and more and more. It's almost like if Danny doesn't shoot him, he's going to just disappear. And it's almost sort of what happens. It's like it fades to like maybe white and he disappears and Danny wakes up. And it's like he wakes up in like the, the movie theater. Right, right next to a homeless guy who's jerking off or something. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, I like the movie. Did you think it was good? Yeah. What, what movie? <laughs> and that's where that's where it suddenly gets because that part's all kind of heavy, but that's where it suddenly stops and gets a little heavy. Because I'm I'm looking, I'm reading this, I'm like, geez, there's only like four pages left. How are they wrapping this shit up? And well, I, they, the, the movie ends like very like I mean like like it has like the bittersweet I guess you would say ending, but like it has like was you would never see this in a normal action movie. Yeah, and then then he basically. We cut to Danny, finally at his father's gravesite. He's there, and then he basically kind of walks away and breaks down. It goes into detail. He's breaking... He's, he's like dry, sobbing, breaking down. And that's the mom's there and kind of holds him. And then we cut back to the movie theater, and Slater is fine and in good shape and crawling out of there, and he has, like, his gun. There's a couple times go out of the way to describe his blue Beretta gun with a laser pointer. laser. It's like his most prized possession, and he drops it in the trash, and just kind of goes out looking all goes out into the street looking happy. Yeah, which I, I actually kind of like that ending in a sense. Like it seems like that could be like one that would almost like piss off the ten year old fan, but like I felt like the idea that's just like oh like that cycle finally has been broken, and now Arnold is left in the real world of New York, and he's gonna go almost live a life that's not controlled by in a sense the writer's destiny, and he doesn't need his gun anymore. So he goes off where Danny accepts that like his father's dead finally, and I don't know what that means for him, but you know. Yeah, like, it's almost like the ending is so interesting and different that, like, I I don't know, it's pretty darn cool. Like, I'll say this, like, I I like the Arnold Schwarzenegger last action hero movie we got probably more still. I'm not saying that, but this one's just very interesting. Like, at the same time, like, I think this, like, the stuff that kind of happens in here, like, there's some cool ideas, whether they were used in something else. I I don't know, it'd be kind of neat to see. Well, it's also, I mean... Yeah, I, I think I like the movie we got more than this, but that being said, this is change names around, change a few things around. This could this is might as well be a different movie if you change enough things around in it. Yeah. So I mean, make it someone else instead of Arnold, maybe make it Sylvester Stallone or someone else someone else who is bigger than like Bruce Willis even. You know? Mm-hmm. Change like some of the jokes or some of the overlapping themes. I know, but I mean, it's, it's hard to get away from the general theme of the last action hero. You get sucked in the movie. Yeah. But just that idea of the whole, the whole concept of 
facing off like i don't know i guess like the projectionist was a demon or something like i i honestly think if this is the version we got this would be one of those movies that was really debated on on like small little like context hints and clues like well what was lester was he a demon worshiper was he the devil was there something else going on here are they saying the film industry is the devil that that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like i kind of wonder about that and on top of that this movie because they the the writers said they wanted to make a movie that's kind of a parody to Sh- to sean black shane and i'm black. curious about or shane black shane black and I'm kind of curious about that. Like, I wonder if, like, I'm assuming they're Shane Black friends. Or not friends, uh, f- fans. Because, you know, this movie still, the script still seems to have a love letter for a lot of that kind of thing. But it doesn't seem like strictly a Shane Black thing. Because Shane Black movies aren't always, like, a dude with two guns running down a hallway, taking out 80 guys by himself. I mean, that could happen in a few scripts here and there. But it's a lot of times more cold, hard-boiled, grizzled cops or detectives they're at their, like, end of the rope, more or less. Well, well it's kind of weird, because when because it's like, you know, at this time period, Shane Black, the only things he's really done is the Lethal Weapons, like, his big movies at this point. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, there, I know there's a couple other ones. I mean, obviously, he's in Predator and so on, but um, it, it's, it's not like, because I feel like as time has gone on, like, that's where he starts creating, like, the other movies, like The Last Boy Scout, and he starts doing his director kiss, kiss, movies. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, like, which I feel those are completely different, or they're not completely different, but those have their own style to it, of, like, the certain type of action movies that you didn't see in, like, his 80s movies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm wondering, because so, people are, I remember, like, reading some stuff on this, trying to get as much information as I can, and some people, like, it's, it's, it's interesting about Last Action Hero, because... Like we were talking, there are people who really love Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. and there are people who really dislike it, and there are those who, I mean, I, I mean, I was looking up, there wasn't a whole lot to find on it, but I looked up some YouTube videos, and like, the guy barely talked about what happened in the script. He's like, the script was actually really good, it was a really good script, and we got the movie, and the movie fucking sucked, and blah, 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 and I'm like... Who is this, the guy that wrote the original script? No, it was just some it was just some YouTube critic from eleven oh. years ago. You know, <laughs> I was just looking up anything I could find on like the script. You know, um, just the but I couldn't really find a whole lot on it. You know, and um, it was interesting. The consensus for a lot of people was the this original script was good, and the one we got sucks. And it seemed kind of weird that you're making a parody of a Shane Black script. Which I don't think it's exclusively a Shane Black script. People like no, there's like I think that's like one of those movies. I think it has like five writers on it. At the end of the day, Shane Black I think was just there to slap his name on for credential wise more than anything else. I don't think it's like he gets like first billing, but I think he's literally more like the figurehead of that. I I don't think it's really like it's not like I think head of the writers. Hey Shane, come in. I felt like he just sort of came in, threw down a couple of lines here and there, and said, "Oh, okay," you know. Good to go, like guys. how Quentin Tarantino did with U five seven one, I think. I think it was U five seven one. Maybe it was some submarine World War Two movie. I think he helped with. Um, but um, with the, but so there was a consensus was either like okay, so you got Shane Black to do a parody on a movie that he would do. That seems kind of counterproductive. Okay, that kind of attitude. And then you had the attitude of like, this is. Uh, I think this movie stands up. I think this movie holds up. I. The original script was interesting, but I think this movie still um, 
is I still think this movie uh, deserves all the recognition, all the good recognition it gets. So it's kind of interesting how, even though Last Action Hero ultimately came around to being, you know, successful later in the line, you still get people a little butthurt about it. Yeah, it's well. I think there's once again there's just some people out there that I think they just go like, movie didn't do good financially. It is bad movie. Like they they can't get past that. Like I don't know why that sort of is. You know, because really, if somebody tells me that Last Action Show kind of sucks, I'm like, well, you must just hate fun. So I already could kind of tell that I probably won't get along with you because, in my personal opinion, Last Action Show has the best concept ever. And I feel like if anybody wants to argue that one with me, I'd be like, literally, like, think about it. Like, take that concept. Like, if, if I was to give you a magic fucking ticket, you wouldn't think that's the coolest thing fucking ever. Like, you could take it and go to any... You know, movie you want, any television series you want, cartoon, fucking video game, computer, doesn't fucking matter. Like, that right there is so cool. Like, it's like, and if you don't like that, it's like, you. what do you really like in life? Like, you must just be very dry and boring. To be honest, the guy complaining about it was very dry and boring. Yeah, because that's um, me. It's just be like, yeah, I don't like fun. I like things to be grounded in reality. You know, like, they're the kind of people that don't own a TV set. They just own a window. <laughs> Maybe you'll go on the other side of it one day, maybe. Yeah, um, so no, th- there like is also ones, though. Like you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying that Last Action Hero is like the most you know perfect from beginning to end four out of four movie. No, no, no. I mean, like it's it's still got a little bit of bumps here and there, but I think that movie's fun as fuck. The concept's great. I think Arnold's just really dialed in in there, and so on. The soundtrack's like beyond amazing. I mean, unless you don't like heavy metal, and, you know, all kinds. Which of I'll stuff. say, I wish I wish uh, more movies like n- not so much the let's jump into this other world, but more action dudes with guns movies had more of the soundtrack this movie does. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like a lot of them do. They might have one or two they play for the credits, or maybe it's on the radio in a scene. But, you know, the ACDC song when he's playing, when he's like... Best ACDC wh- song ever, in my opinion. I'm not an ACDC so- fan, even, but I-, I like that song. And then, like, you know, the, the part of the co- the ice cream cone, like, goes in the back of the guy's head. <laughs> he ice says, like, guy, cone of phrase. Cone to phrase, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you have, like, when they're introducing the beginning of the new Jack Slater 4, they're playing Megadeth. Like, I wish more action movies actually did- took the soundtrack and utilized it more. And there's Anthrax on there and mm-hmm. Cypress Hill. It's like a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, so, like, it's all um, good all the way around. Like, that, you know, that's the weird yeah. thing, though, is, like, it's funny, because, like, I was thinking about this, too, with Last Action Hero, is a lot of the things that it's kind of going, like, it makes it feel like this stuff happens all the time. I feel like doesn't... A lot of that stuff actually isn't that common to find. Like, even the idea of, like, Jack Slater 4, what movies had that many sequels by that point? Like, Lethal Weapon had two? Like, other than, unless it's Friday the 13th or, like, Halloween or something like that, there's... Action movies didn't have a whole... They didn't have mostly more than, like, you know, two sequels, you know, at that point. You know, like, mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of also would be, like, what, Star Wars or Indiana Jones? Like, they have three. I guess Rambo. Rambo's your one exception, Yeah, I, I guess maybe, Rambo, but... by that point, would have had... The, the third one would have been out. So, yeah, that would have been, like, the one that did have three. And, mm-hmm. and Rocky, even though I know that's not really the same thing, but I guess that would have been kind of in that similar category because i guess it's one of those things they wanted to make it a particular character with a lot of history to so it's like the kid kind of knew him so yeah i mean i i get i I get where that's going but like it's just weird because it's like yeah it's just it felt like the thing because you know nowadays is when we live in the age of like continuous sequels but that wasn't common back then it used to feel like there was there's only certain movies that have a trilogy and you it's like you know i mean it's like you you don't mess with those movies not everybody can have a trilogy you know yeah 
And nowadays, and then, um, anybody and everybody can have a trilogy as long as someone's willing to pay for it. There was an example I was going to make for for something. Um, uh, whatever. Escape me. No big deal. But, I don't know. I think that this script, that, that, that this script is really enjoyable. I still like the movie we got more. Actually, no, I'm what I was going to say. I do think that it's a missed opportunity, not for the first movie. Maybe for the first movie, somebody pops in, or they interact with this, they interact with that. Now, this might be a little too Ready Player One mm-hmm. for the time. I honestly think it would have been cool if a sequel, if we ended up, like, he interca- he encounters a couple of different other movie villains. Maybe not to the level of it being blatantly, okay, he's going to go inside Alien. He's going to go inside, you know, like like Friday the 13th. He's going to go inside Star Wars. Nothing as blatant as that. But maybe, oh, he's genre hopping with Danny by accident somehow. Mm-hmm. And then maybe at some point there's like is kind of like a team of villains like, and maybe make it like kind of like villains from like dad action movies. So you get like you know Alan Rickman is Hans Gruber, Lee Van Cleef from Good, Bad, and the Ugly, something kind of like that. Maybe even shit. Maybe even like um, the 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 sensei from Karate Kid, Sweep the Leg Johnny, that guy. You know. So yeah, I I, I think that there's a missed opportunity for a sequel there, but. I mean, the movie didn't make as much money at the time, so the reason why that probably never happened. Well, even as a kid, I'll say this. I always... Because that's the only thing about the last action hero, as I always thought that the very, like, last kind of ending act is not as strong as it could be. Because I used to... I mean, even just... You, I could be, like, a, an eight-year-old boy, and I'd be like, you know, you got a magic ticket there. Why is, why is like, the only movie that they go into is, like, the Ingmar Bergman movie that's, like... <laughs> you're going to pull, like, the, the, the only film that, like, no fucking, like, kid has seen. <laughs> Is, I think that's what I think that was like probably like a, like one of the like the writers they, they they're like a big fan buffs and like let's let's pull up the seventh seal yeah but it's like that, that was the thing of like because here's where I kind of feel it's like you literally have John Claude Van Damme I mean he's there as John Claude Van Damme but you can't find a way to make him come out and fight Arnold or something like at some point like you know what I mean you can't get you you know you got um. Shit, like, because there's all those, like, cameos that come up, like, for the premiere and so on. Shit, you've got Jim Belushi there. It's like, I don't know what he's going to do, but get get him something to do other than just say, like, a line or something like that. Like, I'm just trying to use what's... MC Hammer's there. Can MC Hammer do something <laughs> against Arnold? I don't know what, but... Well, it's also, like, I was thinking, um... It doesn't even have to be exactly this character or that character, but you can tell he stopped by you know, some movie theaters or rented some VHSs or whatever and grabbed a couple of just people from those movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be Lee Van Cleef. But we can tell it's an evil mustache-twirling cowboy. It doesn't have to be Jason Voorhees. But we can tell it's a mass serial killer. You know what I mean? Like, something exact... kind of like that. Well, that's what I always felt like. It, like, just for licensing reasons, it doesn't have to be that, but it would be kind of neat if they would just suck some things from, like, some genres and so on. Here's a, here's a ripoff of a xenomorph, you know? Yeah, yeah like, here's some kind of monster. Here's that. I mean, like, I, I guess this is almost, like, because, you know, because I will say, like, the one thing about Last Action for as big of a movie that is, like, the movie does kind of, like, it's like, what, what's that final battle? Well, it's like, well, it's Arnold and Benedict, and they're on a roof, and it's raining, and nobody else is there other than Danny. And... I feel if that movie was kind of given a go again, I mean, I know this is like, you know, also like Captain Hindsight kind of coming in, but it almost feels like you sort of almost need, like, you have two magic tickets, technically. Benedict has one, Danny has one. What if, like, in a sense, Danny brought in his heroes, Benedict brought in his villains, and they sort of collided on that rooftop there. So that's where you have 
you know, the xenomorph-looking alien. You had the serial killer horror movie person. You had the Wild West kind of one. Then on Danny's side, maybe he had, like, the Rambo-esque kind of, like, nom guy. You know, he had maybe... A Bruce Lee-like guy. Yeah, a martial arts-type person, and so on. It, it, maybe only two or three on each one, but then you had this, like, where it looked like the beginning of, like, the X-Men cartoon of them running together, fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like... I mean, I, I know that's kind of... That's asking more, because, you know, like, obviously nowadays, like, they kind of... that. I mean, that's what Ready Player One is. That's, like, the ending of that. They took that concept and said, okay, we'll do it, you know. Yeah. But I feel like... You, you have it almost kind of set up, and I know that movie was one of those ones, I think they kind of, they're like, shit, this movie's costing a lot of fucking money. Arnold, wrap this shit up. Like, you know what I mean? The, it was like a Nintendo Power comic where it's kind of going along, and it probably needed <laughs> Four like pages that, left. Yeah, four pages left. Figure, that, figure out how you defeat Benedict, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it needed sort of like an extended cut. Like, I, I know the movie's already like two hours and like 15 minutes or so. It almost needs, like, an extra, like, 15 minutes just to make that ending seem a little bit more epic for how big that movie is. That movie's humongous. And then all of a sudden, the ending's kind of, like, I'm not going to say lackluster, but it does definitely get... It almost becomes almost like it's, like, the ending to, like, a Death Wish movie or something like that. I, I guess you could say, from a writer's perspective, it's the whole... He is, um... He's winning where he's failed because it's written that his son was killed by this guy. So here's a second chance to... Not save his son, but basically his new, like, um, adopted son, kind of, you know? Yeah, I, I get it's kind of that father-son moment, but this is the, this is the other example I'm going to use. Okay, the next movie Arnold does is True Lies. That movie has, like, a 40-minute long ending of pure action. Like, literally, from the point that they're, like, in Cuba or whatever that little island is down there, and Arnold's blowing the place up and fire's going everywhere like that, it turns into a car chase scene next on the Florida bridges, and then next thing you know, they're in, you know, he's saving his daughter with a Harrier jet. Like, the, the action just continuously ramps up. I feel Last Action Hero, that, that, that's like the one little, it sounds little, I mean all the producers are like, whoa, 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 you're, you're talking about millions of fucking dollars, don't, don't you fucking use the word little, but I mean like, that's like the one thing I felt like that movie, even as a kid, always kind of needed was just that like, ramp up that action just so that, because in a sense, if it's a movie called Last Action Hero, you almost need like, the action ending to end all action endings. You know, and True Lies, technically, I'll say this: that that does it right. That um, that movie almost could be called Last Action Hero in a weird way because that's sort of like what it kind of is as well. You know, it's just mm -hmm. that, but kind of with a 007 theme. But um, I, I True Lies, that's a, that, I'm like I still can't believe that that's one of those movies that's just kind of brushed aside. Like, dude, that's one of his best movies. That's one of Jim Cameron's best movies. Oh, yeah, Jim Cameron's I'll like, say oh, it, it's, I, it's not as good as uh, scuba diving. Well, <laughs> better than fucking Titanic. Yeah, there, I said it. Yeah, but it's not scuba diving. It's like <laughs> stop scuba diving, damn it! Like it's like, well, I have a submarine. Yeah, of course you have a submarine. It's not that everything after that sucks, but it's like not I don't good. Know, true lies. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, well, I guess Abyss and True Lies are the two movies everyone kind of overlooks by Cameron. But I'll say it. I mean, Terminator, uh, Aliens, and Terminator Two. I know there's. A, I only has like a roster of like eight or nine movies, but. Terminator, Terminator Two, and Aliens, and True Lies, I think are his three best right there. So oh, beyond by that, by far, like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like yeah. well, I feel Titanic's there for like people that like. I don't, it's not that like I dislike that one, but it's like that. Anybody who's an action fan never says Titanic's their favorite one. Which is so weird. You think I did Aliens? You did fucking Terminator One, Terminator Two. He did fucking True Lies. Piranha cool. Two. Yeah. 
And then, you know, like, Titanic. And then, like, watching it, like... Because I actually watched that again for the first time in, like, almost it's, 20 it's years. It's not bad. And, it's still enjoyable. It's, it's just, not bad. It's but not it's, true it's, lies. It's, it's yeah, not, it's not true lies. It's not aliens. It's not Prana <laughs> 2. It's not... <laughs> You know, it's like one of those, because well, it's like, yeah, it's like, that's kind of how it is, but it's, it is kind of a bummer, but like, yeah, I guess just, like, last action here, just to wrap that part up, I just think that it just need a little bit more, like, action, like, almost the way that it builds up, because, like, I'll say this, in this script, it has that, from the Santa Monica Pier, it just gets continuously bigger and more extreme as that kind of goes on. It literally has, like, that give or take 40 minute long, like, action period, where you're like, it's the action scenes to end all action scenes. And I, I think that's that's like the one thing, even as a kid, I've always thought that in the movie. Like, that's, the movie to me kind of gets a little bit, it's not that it's bad, but it kind of dips down and like, you know, you can see that the budget kind of ends there right there. They're like, well, we're paying for this advertisement to go into space where we paint the poster on the side of a rocket. So, uh, yeah, we can't have that true lies action scene at the end there. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, and I feel that's kind of, you know, you know, that's it. I mean, the other thing that'd be interesting is just to see if that movie was just not released along, or right after Jurassic Park, like, if it was released two weeks before Jurassic Park even, like, that could have made yeah. a humongous difference. Mm-hmm. At least the same week as Mario Brothers, because clearly that didn't have a big effect. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it could have released alongside Son-in-Law in, like, um, in the line of fire. <laughs> But, anyway, yeah, uh, 500. But yeah, we, we're at 500 episodes there. Getting the old last action here. Getting an Arnold Schwarzenegger one. The total awesome script. It really, it really just provides an awesome alternative version to last action. That's how I kind of look at it. Like, is it better than the movie? No, I'm not saying it's better than the movie one, but it's just a neat, like... I would love to see this shot, because it wouldn't really work the same way as if it was, like, you know, done like a comp or something like that, but it would have been cool to see this just, like... Somebody else shot this in 1993 at the same time just to see. Like, one of those ones where, like, oh, there was an Italian crew that was going to do a knockoff film, The Last Action Hero. Well, they just <laughs> used this script, and, you know, because they were Italian filmmakers, they don't have to listen to rules or regulations. <laughs> they just went They just went ahead and made it. Like, that. that's what... Because that's what this movie almost kind of feels like. It feels like it, it would be, like, a very sophisticated like Italian movie but like in about that Italian budget style of like those like kind of 70s 80s and 90s movies yeah yeah well it was um I definitely enjoyed reading the script at the beginning I was like okay okay more action stuff just kind of like alternate versions or different scenes but kind of similar themes all right whatever but then when you get to the halfway point it really goes differently and then you get to the end like oh shit this went this went real this went Twilight Zone yeah more so than the first one ever did so yeah, no, I still prefer the movie we got, but I still really enjoyed the script. Yeah, I, I was glad that we kind of went down and read this and so on. But, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed 500 episodes of Old Man Orange Podcast, well, if you got to catch up on some of those episodes, you can go find any of those at oldmanorange.com. That will lead you to all our locations, whether that be on the Podbean, the YouTube, the Newgrounds, the iTunes, the Spotify, the all those other sites that I always wonder who listens to them on there, but they're on there, too. Yeah, you, you know those fun ones, but... Um, iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, ones like that, or like Podmate, and, you know... They're out there. There's ones out there. Those are the people that, are, that like, fuck the man. Yeah, I don't support Apple, I don't support Spotify, I don't support Google. I listen to Podmate, or I listen to, like, you know, go pod my Hershey Chocolate Island. Like, <laughs> that's a long title. You gotta, you gotta type that it's in. It's a long URL. <laughs> yeah. But, um... 
But yeah, go check that fun stuff out. Till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. <laughs>